take a walk on the wild side. Said Regarding Lulu. I am in a state of elubulation, Greg, uh, over the fact that here we are at week eight in the tracking of weeks as we track back to this friggin' album called Lulu that was released back in 2011 by Lou Reed and Metallica. Greg, you're my co-host. I am here at your service, as always. And I am Chaz Charles. I am your co-host, along with the man you just heard, Greg, Wolfie Wolf, and we are dissecting Lulu, uh, regarding Lulu, that is uh, looking at track by track, uh, this album released in 2011 by Lou Reed and Metallica. How is it aged uh, in that time? Uh, when it came out, I heard it. Greg's never heard the thing until we ventured down this path together. Has, has it aged like a fine wine? Ooh, you know what? It has aged to me like something that was worn on the foot of an athlete, left wet in a foot locker for, I don't know, a week and a half after immediate use. I don't. I, I'm. On, I'm not at the place yet, Greg, where I can say that um, uh, any any different than when we came into this. When we came in, I had a biased opinion that this was one of the worst things I've ever heard in my entire life, and it was worse than some other things that we've mentioned. I won't belabor that point uh, mm-hmm. of uh, comparing how bad this is to other works, but this was pretty bottom of my list. And um, listened to it once when it came out, threw it away after paying some hard-earned cash for it, and um, haven't listened to it since, but uh, was provoked into this little uh, experiment with Mr. Uh, Wolfie Wolf here um, by some others who thought this would be a great idea to dissect and discuss track by track and see, hey, you know what, uh, since since you had your little tantrum and threw away the, the thing that you listened to there, David Bowie's come out and said that it was going to be regarded as a, a true work of art, um, that it was going to be, you know, Lou Reed's masterpiece. And so uh, we've decided to go back and listen and see if uh, that was going to pan out. And I don't know, Greg, at this point, we are at track eight. Uh, last last time we, we met. We had a good week uh, last, last it time. It was we a good track seven. Session. Yes. Give me your impression of where we were at after the last session. You know, we've had more downs than ups, but we've had a couple of up weeks uh, on this excursion, I would say. So, um, you know, um, we, yeah, we, we've enjoyed some uh, a couple of the tracks, I would say, <clears throat> and we've felt that some of the other tracks um, uh, were interesting and had had parts of them, I think, that we found interesting and and um, artful and substantial um, and also interesting to us in terms of um, because this album is really kind of unique among uh, a lot of albums, not not just because of this, I guess, unlikely mashup of Lou Reed and Metallica, but also because of the influence, uh, the, the very specific influence of the Frank Wedekind play, the Lulu plays uh, that that Lou Reed uh, was inspired to write this album uh, because of, um, and so. Um, We've, I think we've been um, a bit fascinated uh, by the connections and trying to sort of tease out um, 
where Lou is going and, and what he's drawing on from the play. So it has this, this angle to it. It's almost for us been a little bit of a treasure hunt, a little bit of a detective story, a little bit of um, where's Waldo. I mean, we've been trying to tease out a little bit as we listen um, these influences from the Frank Whittakin play. And um, so it's been, and, and Lou's done some interesting well, hey, stuff hey, in Greg, that regard. Before we, before we go on here, you, you mentioned the Whittakin play a couple times. Now people can be jumping in late. Let's give people a really high level summary. It was written in the 19, it was written in just about 1900 in uh, Berlin. Um, it was written as a social commentary on um, the bourgeoisie and their attitude toward uh, sex. And uh, what about a prostitute? Uh, there uh, is intrigue. There is uh, a lot of blood, murder, mayhem, uh, questioning of uh, people's motives. Uh, what else can we say, Greg? Uh, at a high level, uh, we're, we're getting to our floor. We're on the elevator here. Uh, the, the play was controversial in its day. And it was, uh, we feel, even controversial as a choice for Lou to draw on for uh, what would prove to be his last work. What he but I think it was considered substantial, right, Chaz? It, well, play? it was considered substantial because Whittakin, yes, um, as a result of this play and others, and again, his attitude to really challenge societal norms at the time, he really became known as a, um, a pioneer uh, in theater. Um, and, uh, yes, this play, uh, and, uh, and has it. been adapted, um, and re represented, uh, in several mediums, um, over the years, um, and including a silent movie, which we watched silent movie, which we did enjoy, uh, very much so. And I think we should link out, uh, in the comments, if you, uh, take a look in Let's our, uh, our, uh, the comments section of whichever app you're, you're, uh, using to, uh, consume our podcast, we'll have a link. To, to uh, I believe the movie is called Pandora's Box. Pandora's Box, that's right. Because the Lulu plays, as they're called, actually a collection of two plays um, that came together as Lulu. Um, and so uh, that, uh, again, sorry, we, we're, we're kind of backtracking, sidetracking here. So, Greg, just wanted to give everybody that, that context again of what we're talking about, the play itself. Yeah. What it really all is. Okay, so back to where we were. But 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 you know, so that was that was a little bit of of um, some things that a couple of the tracks that we found compelling, uh, at least, and some of the other tracks that we found uh, interest in as we sort of tried to tie together wh where Lou was coming from, what his the inspiration, the specific characters from the Lulu plays, maybe that he was drawing on the storyline. And and then also Lou's own state of mind uh, at the time that he was uh, making this album, which was not it doesn't doesn't seem like from what we can gather and the research we've done. He wasn't in the best state of mind. Uh, it was a difficult time for him. He was very ill. He was not going to live a whole lot longer. And uh, so, it, it, you know, it's because of all these different facets, I think um, it has held our attention and it has been right an interest, a very interesting exercise. And I think we would both agree or, or I'll, I, let me, let me put out there and you can tell me if you agree, Chaz, that, that this was a, this is a worthwhile exercise to listen to this, to, to read the Lulu plays and, and um, to 
see what we, you know, to to analyze it and 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 see what kind of conclusions we can draw. I think I, I'm I'm willing to say that at this point. I'm not necessarily willing to say it's a work of art and Lou Reed's finest work, but I, I would say that it's been a worthwhile exercise. I am totally with you in that. And, you know, for the simple reason that, again, when it came out, right, and I heard it, I very much approached it as being a Metallica fan, right? So, again, I'm, uh, I knew Lou Reed, knew his, uh, you know, greatest hits, um, but not a huge fan, um, but certainly a very big Metallica fan and approached it when it came out as a Metallica fan and was, wow, not prepared for what I heard at all, right? Um, so uh, at that point, um, no, uh, I, I've written it off. And here, yes, it has been uh, it has been some work to do this. And th- and this is kind of like, Greg, I, the reason I entered into our conversation today, being illuminated, because um, there's a, a recent article uh, published in an old favorite, Interview Magazine, which, Greg, now being somebody who knows the magazine business, tell me, sir, Interview Magazine associated with what famous personality from the late you know, early, mid, late 60s, early and on, uh, avant-garde scene. Mr. Andy Warhol. Mr. Andy Warhol himself. Yes, so here's where my gleeful illumination is coming from. Interview Magazine, still out there and around and making noise. And just here, uh, just, you know, publishing an article that is a conversation between Lars Ulrich of Metallica and Laurie Anderson. Fantastic. It is incredible. That? So again, another resource that we're going to have a lot of fun with here, but we're going to link out uh, in the comments section. So make sure you check that out. But Greg, to what we were, what you were just talking about, let me, let me share a little bit with, with what I've already found in this, which is again, a conversation between Lars and Lori. So Lori was talking about just what you're talking about this period of time. And Lori Anderson, of course, a musician, artist, and was the wife of Lou Reed. The wife, yes, exactly. So thank you for providing that additional bit of context. And and who the hell I'm is here this? for you. As I said at the beginning, I am here to support you in whatever way I can, Jazz. Because you're nothing if not- I'm nothing if not a supporter. A supporter. Whether it's of the arts, the arts, athletics, other you're things. Saying, you're saying that I'm an athletic supporter. I, you know, I, you know, and <laughs> and, and apparently of large, um, um, um uh oh. So were you, Chaz? Were you were you quoting that famous line from the uh, the movie Grease, where they say uh, if you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. Be an athletic supporter. So that's I. I was you. You kind of had me there. Great yes. movie. I'm busted. Yeah, and it didn't work. So next yeah. time I will try again next time. But um, so Lori's talking about uh, talking to Lars, right, and reflecting. They're both kind of reflecting on the period, and she started sharing stuff about how uh, hard that was for her. And she was basically saying that it was one of the most intense parts of her life with Lou. Um, and that, you know, what he was doing in this period to himself, he was digging through stuff from way down at the bottom of his heart, things about his father, things about men and women, love and hate, spite, all themes that we've, you know, obviously teased right out of this thing. But Lori is quoted here as saying that when they, the record itself scares her, um, and that she remembered here, and this is where I was illuminated because there was some question as we go back in our episodeage to trying to figure out was there really a, 
you know, did David Bowie really say that this thing was going to be Lou's masterpiece? But here, here's a quote. I'm going to read it. So here it is. I just remember a com- I just remember a conversation I had with David Bowie, and he said, "Make no mistake, this in 25 years will be considered Lou's best work. This is so dangerous, and that's who he is." People just don't ever understand him, and they don't get that they don't understand him. They don't get that he's ahead of his time. And she says, I was really struck by that. So here's a direct recollection that Bowie said it, and uh, they're promoting this in uh, Andy Warhol's uh, interview. But then Ulrich, his reply was sometimes that it's, it's also easier to not understand it because it may require more work to try to actually envelop yourself in it. Okay, so Lars, Greg, I think we can affirm that. So then Lori goes, you're nodding your head. We're, this is a podcast. Yes. Oh, sorry. Put the oh, video oh so people can't see me nodding. No, they, uh, yeah, I mean, I can, and I can go oh, on. But well, so Thank you for, for narrating. <laughs> but then, wait, it gets better to support everything you said earlier. Anderson goes on to say in response to that. So yeah, it's a lot of work, Lars. We can affirm that. She says a lot of work and painful work. It's not fun stuff. If you are really listening on many levels, you could hear it as this incredible sound force coming at you. But on another level, when you listen to Junior Dad, for example, whoa. And then uh, Ulrich says, Ulrich Ulrich says, uh, it's incredibly powerful and it's incredibly naked all the emotions are literally right there uh, and there's nothing no filters no masks nothing that's separating the artist or the sound of what's coming out for the listener you've got to proceed with a lot of caution she says yeah and then here's the thing at the end right she goes on and i don't want to read the whole thing verbatim here but as you were describing in our last episode how it could be that you're not going to, it's really going to, you have to get to the end of this. And then right at the end, something's going to come up and bite you on the poo-poo and say, wow, that really was what Bowie was talking about. So Greg, there is, I am like seeing a light at the end of the rainbow. That's why I started the conversation by wow. saying, I don't, the, the, what we've heard so far hasn't quite got me to the place of singing and dancing. But with what we heard last week, yeah. And, you know, those two kind of, you know, glimmering, you know, uh, what I would say uh, would be maybe is, is Junior Dad um, the last track? It is. I think so. Let me see. Wow. And so she, she's sort of teasing what we were just, saying. Well, just maybe, basically. Yes, dude. Maybe it the the will all come together. I had to, that's why I was so happy. Oh, my God. Like, so, oh, my God. Here we are. This article. It's going to all come together. It's all so will be revealed. It will all be revealed and just so crazy how it all came out through Andy Warhol's interview magazine here again, kind of, and it's, well, and it's, and here's the headline, and, and I don't know if Anderson to... and Lars Ulrich on Lou Reed's love of Tai Chi. So, you know, this was just, just published, but just love it there that here we are again, another great coincidence as you and I are, are looking at. The most challenging work that apparently now both of these artists have ever committed to the lexicon here. And we're doing what they've all now said is required to be done 
to really appreciate this thing. So I don't know how we were so divinely inspired to do this other than being coaxed and harassed by other people who do these music podcasts, right? We, so, we, I mean, we didn't know that. We had that, no idea. We didn't know this book was going to come out. And this has, has, you know, really helped us out a lot with information that we otherwise would not have been able to, 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 to know. It is and, just so crazy. These interviews, I mean, uh, Lars has done other interviews about the Tai Chi book. Right. And, and, yeah. and Lori Anderson has been out there uh, talking about the book. And now yet another interview with the two of them together talking about the book. And An interview from Andy Warhol. I mean, and so I don't know what it is, but we, we sort of uh, took this on and we, I think we thought we'd be a little bit, you know, in the dark here, uh, making our way and, and then sort of out of nowhere from, you know, the divine forces from above, right? The light, the, the clouds parted and and the light came down and let there be light and all of a sudden uh Andy Warhol's interview magazine uh, uh ironically and 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 you didn't state it I don't think explicitly but it's I think what you were saying is that there's a little irony in there because Andy Warhol was was the leader of this this artistic force in New York that you could was argue part of the whole freaking the guy to blame and the Velvet Underground band that Lou was yes. in was yeah. was uh, uh, you know being directed by Andy Warhol as well? That's right. So so now it all seems very orchestrated. You don't know Warhol, do you? You're not connected to the Warhol estate, are you? I just <laughs> I, I just wonder if we're going to get audited, Greg. <laughs> well, you know, I wish I wish I was. Uh, there's but, a lot of no. there's a lot of confluence of interest here. I'm not going to say it, conflict of all. It, it almost it almost seems a little bit. Too coincidental, right? It almost seems contrived, but like, I'm not going to go there no. because we're having but, too much fun. But Andy so, Warhol has literally come out of the grave it is to deliver it. this interview on his now deceased friend Lou Reed, right? In the you know in the persons of his wife Lori Anderson and his musical collaborator, right? Uh, from Metallica, Lars Ulrich. That's right. And, 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 and the ghost of know, David who, Bowie. Who would have thought, Bowie's right? Amazing. Bowie, Bowie being invoked on this everywhere we go. And Bowie's invoked. And we almost were wondering if that quote, you know, were because you had bullshit. seen it previously. Right. Was it real? Was it sarcastic? This seems we, to make it we very, heard that right. We heard very that clear. There was a relationship between Bowie and Reed, and, and Lori Anderson is very, you know, the way she's presenting this, it's very clear that she's there's no sarcasm in what no ardent believer in what David Bowie said. Saint David, I mean, he, you know, rest his soul, no longer with us. One of the greats. Yep. But yeah, and then the timing of having Metallica come out with what is perhaps one of the best albums of their career, 72 seasons, out right now with uh, Making Big Waves. They're out now on their world tour. So yeah, I mean, really it's great stuff happening. Tracks being played pretty much at Buffalo Wild Wings stores all over the country, right? Coast to Everywhere, coast. Greg, but particularly Buffalo Wild Wings. And But here's where I wanted to come back to. Thank you very much for that segue. That was very clean. 
We're back to our story on buffalo chicken wings. We thought perhaps- Or wild wings. Well, oh, right, right. Chicken wing. I just can't, yeah. I keep seeing somebody dancing around with their shorts pulled up in the crotch. It's like a chicken wing, chicken wing. But right, which is potentially behavior you might see after somebody's drunk a little too much at a buffalo wild wings and consumed a couple good. plates. I, yep, Slap them you. down. Now, that. hopefully they're going in, slapping down some secret Nando's peri-peri sauce on a plate of, you know, plain buffalo wings. You know, I mean, that's something wow. I, I'm advocating now completely because. So, hey, like, smuggle Nando's in. Nando's peri-peri. What's Sm- that? Smuggle in the peri-peri. Smuggle it in, bring the, it in, you Into know, the buffalo wild wings and order your wings sauceless. Do it, man. Do it because, hey, the weather's Boneless getting better. so and sauceless. If there's a guy in your in your if there's a, a guy particularly you know of dad age in your party going in there, they're probably the weather's getting better. They're wearing the cargo shorts. They can stuck that little bottle of Nando's Peri Peri right in the side there, right in the pocket. You can get in, get that get that plain plate, slap that stuff on. Nobody's gonna know the difference. You just create a little distraction. Ask mm-hmm. the server for some waters or something. As soon as that comes, boom, you're going to love it. Tell them it. to crank up the Metallica music. Tell whatever. them to crank Just up the Metallica. But that's going to be, yeah, I got to say, this is, I'm so, you know, man, just, yeah. So, like, on the Metallica side of things, boy, just so happy with that. And, no, don't hear one goddamn single on this new record. So, I love it. As a hardcore Metallica fan, I don't want to hear singles. I want Metallica to thrash. So, yeah, I've really been having a, a lot. If you of want to hear singles, you'll be listening to Def Leppard. Am I right? Well, that's it. Well, I'll be listening to Def Leppard. That's right, because, you know, I like Def Leppard. Do you Do you like Def Leppard? Oh, no, I like Def Leppard. Oh, we could talk about Def Leppard. No, we can't, as much as we love Def Leppard. They're, they're out on tour, too, I think, still. Is, is there is there um, a podcast a already in, the, in our friends over at the Deep Dive? I'm sorry. Is, uh, our friends over at the Deep Dive uh, Podcast Network. Is there a Def Leppard uh, podcast happening? There is not, and in fact, that was one of the first thoughts about that. What what this podcast kind of might have been, but no, we didn't go there. And I know how much you you were disappointed by that. Um, I mean, but, I you know, we definitely if if we were going to have a Def Leppard podcast, it would be called Pour Some Sugar on Me, right? The Def Leppard oh, podcast. Oh, uh, pour some sugar on this. That that's what that, I would do it. I, that's what I, pour some sugar oh, on this. Okay, you 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 do a little twist. I do a little twist on it. Got it. You know that's clever. Because then you know what am I pouring sugar on? Well, uh, I don't know. It's this. like it's a it's such it's a fine a line between clever and stupid, isn't it? You know what? I frequently find that, and that's why you know when I when I and and I usually am the one tripping over it. And so this is the one I tripped into this week, Greg. You're the one telling me that like boneless is the way to go. And like, you know, yeah, that's the breast meat. Of course you'd want to do that, right? Well, I just happen to, you know, be Googling around. And as it turns out, this shit is no good for you, man. These boneless wings. Really? They're incredibly bad for you is in fact what shefinds.com says. Do I, do I smell a class action lawsuit in the making? I'm thinking because they're frying that shit and smothering it, you know, and really bad stuff, you know, high sugar sauces. That's why I said, you know, do the Nando's Peri Peri if you're going to eat this shit. But I've kind of come back now full circle, man. I'm not going to Buffalo Chicken Wings for anything. This shit will kill you. Are you going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings? No, man. I go to Five Guys, dude. That's like a real hamburger. All right. That's real food. 
All right. Well, no, you go you for your I'm Rocky Mountain oysters. Where do you go, Chaz? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to go to Stu Leonard's and get me some of them boneless uh, breasts right out of the uh, case there. The, the Stu Leonard style boneless wings? Stu Leonard style boneless wings. Because I bet Stu's got something to say about those boneless wings. I bet he does. We're going to have to look up the advertising. Stu or, or at least the singing wings. cow. Uh, the animatronic singing cow probably has something to say about those wings. Wouldn't it be cool if they had like animatronic boneless chickens, like these little blobs, and they're like just little mouths? They like have some feet. singing chickens, but they don't have boneless wings singing. <laughs> they do have chickens, though. Do they? Okay. Yeah, well, that's just, where the they have blob. the just if they, they have the little sing- blob of boneless chickens. They have the singing cow dressed up like in a, I think in a like a cowboy hat and sort of western garb, playing a guitar. And having sort of a hoedown thing. And I think there's yeah. some, some barnyard animals uh, that join in and sing with him like chickens. That's great. It's quite and, then, an and you have yeah. to go buy some of them to get out of the parking lot, right? So there's really no escaping any of that stuff. It's all over the store. It's inside and out. I, I, I bet you could bring your uh, your little girl out to Stu Leonard's and and uh, and she would enjoy the uh, all the animatronics. You have you have a young daughter, right, Jess? Oh yeah, yeah. I think she's yeah young enough to enjoy you know looking for class action lawsuit opportunities in the supermarket. Sure, why not? Oh, she's in law school now. Yeah, because now wait, now time out. Didn't the uh, didn't some of the folks in the Stu Leonard family? Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there some kind of rotational jail uh, situation that the the Stu Leonard family had to go through, where uh, there were certain members of the family that had to go to jail for certain periods of time to. Uh, um, uh, payback society for apparently, I don't know, what was it? Not paying some tax unlawful activity, <laughs> but did, didn't they do that? Like they yeah, had to rotate Stu, Stu out, Se- right? Stu senior, Stu senior went to jail for some, some, yeah, some tax evasion. But then stuff. didn't somebody else in the family like go and do some additional jail time? Like they rotated people out. Um, some kind of wacky thing about the way they serve their jail time. That's that's you're saying it was it was a little bit like the Lulu plays where where uh, Countess uh, Geschwitz uh, sort of rotated in for Lulu when she rotated out of jail. Exactly. Very similar, I guess. I, I don't I'm not sure about that, but it's possible. Yeah, it was a tax fraud case. Yeah, we will tax. have to. You know what? Maybe maybe, Greg, this will be the one we pick up and run with. But I tell you what, you know, I've just been so excited and alubulated since that interview came out. And I know we we had to touch back to our boneless story here because we're all about going boneless. Hold, hold on, and I was a little scared there because, you know, uh, these people are out there with this bad information talking about how friggin' bad boneless wings are for you. But again, I think our strategy of ordering them plain and then hitting them with some Nando's peri-peri, that's the trick. Yep. You, can I stop you, though? Did you say that you were elubulated? Yeah, alubulated. What, Greg? Uh, is that an actual word, Chaz? I, I don't. I'm not familiar with that. Well, I, that- you know, I, I kind of, I, I. It's been pervasive. This whole Lou Reed Metallica. It's been kind of any any place where there's like an opportunity to slip in a Lou thing because of the whole lubulator. Uh, you know, okay. I guess I, I guess I've become a lubulator yeah. that way. Okay, so whenever you get excited on the podcast, you're sorry, lubulating. Yeah. And it, and you it, lube it, it, lady? it, it yeah, it, <laughs> it it lubates into all kinds of other. <laughs> yeah. 
it just, it comes across everything. I don't know what that is. Got it. Okay. So interesting. Anyway, wow. <laughs> I've been That's, so excited because not only are we so freaking close to the end of this, but yeah. Yeah. we are at track eight and we now have this ray of hope. So I have been chomping at the bit since I read this to get through to junior dad. So now I think, sir, we're on the road to junior dad. We're on the road to redemption. It sounds like, well, let's hope so. We're going to start with little dog today. I'm scared. You know, last, let's see. Uh, Hey, Brown dog only, uh, what other, okay, Black Dog, Led Zeppelin, whether, so Hey Brown Dog's the Beatles, Black Dog, Led Zeppelin, whether dog song, you know, quick, mm. off the top of your head. Uh, dogs on the Run, Tom Petty. Okay, one more. One more dog song? Yeah. Um, gosh, that's... Ah, it's tough. Oh, wait, are you Googling? I see it in your glasses. No. I see it in uh, the reflection. Cheers. Am I? Busted. The theme song for 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I was gonna say, you were thinking about more like a. Well, I saw that documentary on the guy who did Reservoir Dogs and what a disaster his life became after he did that movie. That's understandable. Uh, so, and 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 he had oh no no it was Boondock Saints the guy who did Boondock Saints not Reservoir Dogs that was uh, Reservoir Dogs was the cook uh, uh, what's his name um, Tarantino <laughs> right I guess mm-hmm. his life didn't become such a mess all right. Greg, are you ready? Little dog. Bow wow. Yippee yo, yippee yay. Yep, absolutely. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Wait, I got the volume cranked all the way up. I honestly don't know. Tested the recording volumes with a different track. So mm-hmm. as to not spoil the surprise. Here we are. Little dog. Oh, all right. I'm not going to turn up the volume. Taking the riff. Little dog who can't get in. Morning at the bedside, morning from each limb. Little dog who can't get in. Can only cry, but. little trot little dog has to wait a lot
bigger dog has got his spot. And elbowed him away. Okay, I was waiting until we got through that because we're reading along here as we're going along. So we have said that manifesting uh, our um, song to discuss for the evening is uh, manifesting it so we can spin it on a wheel and make it happen is not our shtick. Our shtick is calling the character from the Lulu play. So, Greg, uh-huh. who's this? Do I, do I get first dibs? You get first dibs because I think we know who it is right out of the box. It, it seems pretty obviously uh, Dr. Uh, Schoen's uh, uh, younger son, uh, Alba. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. So I think in our character study bingo or whatever we want to call that. Bing, 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 bing. Winner, and, winner, and, chicken and, dinner. Nando's Peri Peri. Sponsored so, by Nando's Peri Peri sauce. I think that's what we've just. That's the. So, so uh, Dr. Take a note. Doc, Dr. Schoen, uh, yes. one of the main characters in the Lulu plays in, in Frank yes. Whittakin's, uh Lulu plays, uh, plays a big role in, in, in young Lulu. Young uh, Lulu's main life character, and shaping the, young the woman, prostitute to come. In, in, yes. in her, in her uh, life, and she's sort of a, a poor street urchin, I guess. Uh, and, and Good way to put it, yes. And then ultimately, as, as, she, as she grows, uh, he, he sort of... Um, takes her uh, under his wing or chicken wing, so to speak. And he's uh, a supporter, a benefactor and a supporter of, of Lulu. And then ultimately um, she, she's in love with him. And, and, and ultimately after a couple of marriages that (laughs) to her first two husbands that end badly because both of her former husbands die uh, (laughs) at her hand. uh, But yes, no, no, no. Uh, uh, they they I, neither of the, the first two die. Only Doctor Schoen dies at her hand, right? So Doctor Gall, Doctor Gall, her first husband, dies of a heart attack or something, and 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 then Schwartz, the painter, who's the second um, husband, kills himself. Yeah. Okay. I'm and sorry. Then Lulu oh, but no, I think there was something ends up killing. I mean, Dr. Schwartz kills himself because he's so tormented by Lulu, but... Yes, uh, yes. Not Dr. Schwartz, sorry. Uh, pa- the painter Schwartz. Uh, the kills painter, the painter. So, but no, I so think there's something fishy about Gaul's death, too. I yeah, I think there's something fishy, but... but there was. Uh, anyway, they, they everybody's dead, um, right. basically. Everybody's yep. dead, so... Yep. Um, but, and, and then Lulu's in love with... Dr. Schoen. And, and I and do believe he, that she was in love with him for a brief time, like, like was, we and, in the last lyric. And she was jealous, right? Because he was going to marry this other woman. That's right. He's much, much older than her. And he was going to marry this other young woman. And Lulu was jealous. And ultimately, Lulu marries uh, Dr. Schoen as her third husband. But then Dr. Schoen's son, who's, you know, a, a, a much younger man, obviously, because uh, he's this, the son of Dr. Schoen. Um, is also in love with Lulu. And so we're surmising that that Dr. Schoen's son, Alva, is the main character in Little Dog. Alva comes into the play pretty early on as an interested party uh, mm-hmm. in Lulu. And so kind of waits in the wings. And now this is kind of that description here of Alva waiting in the wings. And it'll be interesting to see where this goes. It's eight minutes long. We just went through two minutes of it, but there's, 
more to that story. Now, as we know, too, Lori is, uh, you know, giving us the clue that it's, you know, obviously it's not just the play that Lou is bringing in other things here. But um, still, I, I think we're uh, on the right track. Listen to him barking, listen to him call, little dog don't have much at all. Body and a tiny dick. A little dog can make you sick. Who funded Alva's play that Lulu starred in? It was was it the so it was the publisher out of the box, right? Who funded the plays? And then was it his father who took over funding for him? I don't have that. That was a part of the play. That was a part of the setup, right? Because Alva was there from the beginning and he got, he got very close to Lulu because he he was producing the plays that she was. That she wanted to uh, act in and and perform. Yes. So he was there and And they influenced through several of the marriages and the murders. So yeah, so and 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 then when when his father is killed by Lulu, then then that creates that's when he steps in. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one's interesting. Okay, because okay, let's see, let's see where it goes. But I love this. This is this is to me like probably like one of the best tie-ins to the play so far. Very literal, or or not literal. Very direct. He isn't a dog. It's just metaphorical, but no, but very, yeah. very closely aligned. It seems like with the metaphor. I think you, yes. Well said, sir. Thank you. Golf clap, golf clap in your direction. Or was that a fart? If you got the money, you can go to the top. The female dog don't care what you got. As long as you can raise that little doggy face to a cold-hearted pussy, you could have a taste. A taste of what the big dog got. To what the big dog got The little dog with a $100 spot You run his tongue over the hot and try Hot and try Run his tongue over the hot and try Money can do anything All money can do anything Money can do anything Tell me what you want. I love this one because we don't have to read it out loud. <laughs> so because we haven't talked about it yet, the music. I like the music. I like what's going on under there. I wonder who's playing. So different, right? It is. I love it. Like the bass pops in, right? Once, uh, you know, but you got this acoustic guitar just kind of going and you got the, 
the, the symbols, adding this ambiance. I and really like electric, it. you know, squealing electric guitar. Yeah, in the like, right. They got the drone kind of coming back, right? Yeah, the droning uh, guitar in the background. What, what could be an e bow, as we all know, called an electronic bow. And thanks to you, Chaz, we all know what that is. Making the string well, and you know what? Thanks to Facebook, since I've said it in front of my phone so many times, I see it a couple times a week now in my Facebook. Mm. I see an e bow. Haven't seen him in 20 years, but now I see him every week, several times. But anyway, I digress. Um, I really love that we don't have to uh, kind of interpret here or, or, you know, go back to anything other than, you know, to want to talk about it. And again, okay, we could sit here and make hay of what the fuck is he talking about? The female dog won't care as long as, you know, what you got, lick your, you know, lick, lick you know, bring the doggy face to a cold-hearted pussy. All this stuff. We could very sexual, uh, very obviously. well, and kind of crude. And now you're crude, basically yeah. bringing the, yeah, I, I think you're, I think he, this is all, this is, you know, he's talking about the, you know, the, the, the sun we think is, yes, is, it is definitely uh, the sun. What is getting his, pride? his chance with Lulu to yep. be her lover, shall we yep. say? Uh, yep. and, 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 and it's sort of the, he he's um i don't know if he's talking from the father's vantage point or or just sort of a, an observer but he's that sort of that is a good ooh he's yeah, he's, yeah. he's 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 th- he's talking with disdain right. about the son yep right and saying that yeah she'll she'll let you go to the top as long as you got the money so whoever whoever's giving this narrative has lulu's number Knows what Lulu's all about here, right? And, and what money, else you can about, go to the top. The female dog don't care what you got as long as you can raise that little doggy face. So, in other words, I mean, I think they've figured out who Lulu is. Um, to, uh, the my the way I'm sort of interpreting this, it's more, it's less about Lulu. Well, I mean, it's about both. It certainly is about Lulu, but it's also about um, power uh, dynamic. You know that it's 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 diminishing Alva and belittling Alva. Yeah, Alva. Yeah. So the power dynamic between the father and the son. And it's and it's like yeah, you you know you can you can get her. You can little dog. You can get little Alva. You can get Lulu. Based on what got I got, money. right? You have the money. Yeah, she'll you know she'll let you do what you want to do with her. And so, and which he sort of, the lyrics are in, in, in graphic detail. In uh, graphic detail there, right? Yeah. Little, little doggy face to a cold hearted with, pussy. With the tongue the and, and the face and. Run his tongue over the so. hot and trot. So I guess, yeah. So, right. This is just getting explicit with like, this is uh, where she's at. You need to serve her. She'll let you serve her. If you've got the money. Is that, I don't know. Well, it's yeah, I mean, it seems like he, he's yeah. saying you can have oral sex with her if you, if you want to be <laughs> yeah, very exactly. literal about this. Right, uh, or you could be a dog and, uh, Right, I think it's, it's kind of what he's, what he's, I mean, that's what it seems to be. That's and, what and, I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing, the, the hot in trot. Run your tongue over the hot in trot. Yeah. All right, so I wonder, yeah. I wonder if they're going to employ the same methods, though. Are they going to get this? Is this one going to go, is this going to go heavy? Are we going to get pounded in the face? Any I think, moment, 
That's that's yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Is I it think, building? Uh, is it because it's gone on now? We're at we're at the I, halfway I, mark, and it has. I know. Not, I think I think they are. I, I'm gonna, well, it's I'm not gonna, been punctuated yet, and the the this the the pattern has been right. They'll go a little bit. It'll yeah. be quiet, and then bang, again, and then they'll go quiet, and then boom. You know. I mean, I think there's a lot of different patterns, but they definitely tend <laughs> to true. not. That's go, true. This is full of patterns. But they, don't, but they don't go the whole song. I don't think we've seen without Not some yet. sort of change up. No. So yeah. All right. So I I'm, I'm thinking there is going to be something that that kicks into gear at some point yeah. musically. Right. Well, we just hit the. That's a little point. rowdier. Might be because now we're. We'll I see. think we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Little dog. My small dog. He want what I got. What I got, what I got Wants to run his tongue over my spot That sounds like Lulu for a minute there Yeah, yeah, now it sounds like it's the voice of Lulu Right, yeah, but no Talking about Alva, I guess I still have my teeth. Yes, I think, and that is, I think she's talking about Alva, because again, he comes into the picture early, and he's there through several of the other men. But I don't think her, she would. She wouldn't describe any of the other men as a little dog. No, I don't think so. They were all people she was taking advantage of. And oh, go ahead. Do you want to say something? I was gonna, yeah, I was just gonna say, and 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 Doctor Schoen was kind of a powerful man. Yeah, right, sure, so yeah, he, exactly. He, you wouldn't say. I don't think you would say call him little dog. Nope, he's the big dog. He was. Yeah. He was the publisher. That was Doctor Schoen. Yeah. yeah. The This is just a dirge. Pathetic little dog. The little man follows his nose. Counts his fingers and his toes. He's still got those. Pathetic little dog. Pathetic little dog. Following his nose, but it needs my money to buy. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, that confuses me based on what we know. It needs my money to buy. I mean, I thought we were where you were. I thought that was maybe uh, Lulu. But now I'm still thinking it's the father. Yeah, it's a little confusing. Yeah, that, that line, yeah, this doesn't make sense. All right, let's get a keep. But I'm kind of surprised that the music just didn't go anywhere, just kind of. It's cool, though. It's pretty cool. Music. Oh, it's very ambient. And I, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just surprised that they didn't do anything else with it. So this is just one of these really let's somber see. numbers. Yeah, we, we've see. got a couple minutes, minute and a half to go. We, yeah, maybe it'll hit us. Let's see. I will say this. It seems another piece of this is more finished, more of a polished work. Yeah, what it's worth. Yeah. I'm an up while you're a down. I am an up while you're a down. The spring and the will follow me around while you sniff your shit in the wind. Sniff your shit in the wind. All money can do anything All money can do anything Tell me what it is you want Just tell me what it is you want I'm an up while you're down The spring and the will follow me around Tell me what it is you want Tell me what it is you want Slip your shit in the wind Follow me around Pathetic little dog Pathetic little dog Pathetic little dog Little dog. The guitar that was wailing there sounded like it was some kind of pedal that was making him, uh, you know, making it sound like backward masking. Unless they just backward masked a track. It sounds like it did sound like he was playing that live, but with a pedal that made it sound backward. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a Neil Young thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I really liked it. Like I thought music. musically I like it the was, music. it was really cool musically. And I thought it's, it's sort of message. It's lyrics. The lyrics were, were, you know, pretty interesting, pretty strong. Um, a little confusing, but I'm up. I am an up while you I thought it was pretty down. cool. Yeah. This last part just confused the shit out of me. So. Which is okay. Like blend. It seems like a blend of, of the personalities because yeah. again, right, it is okay because he was using the, Material that we keep referencing back to was not supposed to be some kind of hard reference. It was his inspiration, right? Yeah. For, for what he did here. Um, yeah, he's but, not setting the play to music. No, 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 no. Right, which was as we went started going down this path, we didn't know if he was going to do that or not. We So we definitely did. So that was one possibility. But we think we landed on character study is what he was doing or, you know, uh, 
being after the biographical, the I think, was the other option, right? Because of what he was going through, reflecting on his life. I still do think this was a controversial choice for him in terms of going to the source play of Lulu. Controversial choice for what you know was going to be your last work, okay? I mean, because he knew it. He knew it going in. This is probably it, right? I mean, that's what that's the inference I'm getting. And again, I'm going to go read that article, uh, that interview in the interview magazine and get through, all through that. Maybe we'll get more context there. But I, I'm kind of like, wow, this is just like even like just. OK, so let, let's just say that aside. Yes, it was a controversial choice, uh, Chaz, for what he did here as his last work. But now what he's doing this, we're Wait getting down. We got Chaz. more I'm not tracks. Chaz. Who are what's you talking that? to? Um, what's that? You're Chaz. I'm Chaz. Yeah. Who are you talking well, to? Oh, well, the other, you know, me, myself, and I. So oh. the, the itty-bitty committee in my head is kind of rationalizing all that here. And we're, we're, we're sitting here rendering a verdict. And the verdict is, this song, where are we going so far? we got two more to go. Dragon and then Junior so, Dad. What, what did you think of Little Dog, Jess? Well, I think Little Dog. I think uh, uh, kind of building off of where we were with track seven, Frustration. Um, feels like it's building into something. And I, the reason I, I like it, number one, I liked the music. I thought it was more polished musically than some of the other pieces, even though there was clearly improvising going on in it. This seemed very well intended and it seemed like something they were trying to pull off. It was intentional. Intentional. And they did it. I think what, whatever they tried to do there, it worked to your point, right? This was, yeah. you know, this yeah, worked. I thought it worked. I, I I'm a little, and I thought the lyrics told a, uh, gave a message. I mean, it they, was, they did. Yep. They yep. told a story. They, they, they made a point of view. Um, and yeah, you know, provocative with who uh, the voice is at the end. Yeah. The voices seem to be a little confusing to us, uh, spinning around a little bit. We're not sure who's talking, but, um, Still seems to be the little dog. Still is the little dog, and and it seems to be sort of, you okay. know, probably inspired by Alva. You know what? Maybe this is supposed to be a blend of voices talking about Alva, because again, he was always on the periphery. He was there from very early in the show, and so yes, so they would kind of both know that he had motive there regarding Lulu, right? That he had intent toward her, right? The so, old man certainly knew and she knew as well because they were so interesting. Close. So how about this, Chaz? I think you're onto something. Uh-huh. So I think we feel like we heard Dr. Schoen talk when yep. he was sort of talking about Alva, you're just this little dog, you know? Yeah. And um and then I we feel like we heard Lulu talking, right? And now maybe is verse seven. What do you think about this, Chaz? Do you think verse seven could be Alva himself talking? Uh, I am an up while you're a down spring and the will follow me around while you sniff your shit in the wind. Money can do anything. Tell me. Is he, what is is he sort of, dis could he be disparaging Lulu and saying, you know, I'm up and, and, and you're down, you know, cause, cause yeah, they're, they're up and down and, and they have ups and downs and, 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 uh, um, the spring and the will follow me around. So I'm going to keep following you around 
even yeah. though you're out here, just your and, shit. And, and you think you're you're all that. You think you're hot shit. Right. Um, but. But tell me what know. you want. I'll do it. You know. So you know what? You might be. You might. Yeah. But then follow me around. Pathetic little dog. That that sounds like Lulu talking. That might be Lulu coming back saying, OK. OK. After he says, tell me what you want. And then under his breath, you sniff your shit in the wind. As as Reed was kind of delivering that, right? It was kind of being delivered as a like a under your breath, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. Right, right. Not quiet. So you know what was he insulting Lulu? Was he insulting Lulu there? Yeah, is, is at the Alva same time, just Lula? knowing well, and just kind of like is this kind of self loathing, like Alva knowing, like all the other men, like oh she's no good for me, but damn, I just can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, that's kind of interesting. It does seem like it's, it, it, there's more than one voice maybe is what. Yeah. I think there may be three. Yeah. I think you're right. You might be right there. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, and so, but I, but I, but I like, I mean, I feel like there's, there's some interesting stuff happening with the lyrics in this tune and certainly some interesting stuff happening with the music and the two are working together in a way that we're not always hearing on some of the tracks. Right. Yeah. So I've I've been I'm impressed so far that it does seem like the second half of the record where the tracks get significantly longer. Um, the work is actually getting a little more focused and, and it's, you know, um, it does seem like they were being a little more respectful to the, uh, the listeners here. What we didn't have to work so hard on these. And I think that was evidenced by the fact that we could let it play without having to stop and go, what the, uh, you know. And they're not sort of abusing us with somewhat shoddy work, you know. Which, right. Shoddy yeah. work or this friggin' soundscape that's just designed to batter you. Yeah. Um, or no, this, both. Yeah, right, time. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The intent was there. And it's been there with a bunch of those other songs you can tell. So certainly what we got coming up, though, track nine, Dragon, 11 minutes long. Junior Dad, when we get to that, it is epic of Iron Maiden proportions. It's a 19, marathon. 19 minutes, 28 seconds. No, marathon would be 26.2. Um, you know, or 26.3 or 26.2. You 26. know better. 26.2. Yeah. You're an expert. You. I can tell you with authority. But with 19. you are 19.28 ain't too shabby. I forgot who I was talking to for a second, Chaz. What's that? I forgot who I was talking to. You forgot. The inline skating marathon man himself. That is right. Uh, what was it? 19, uh, no, 2000, I think 2008 men's 5,000 meter uh, third place bronze. Uh, <laughs> yeah, big claim to fame. I am right. the first loser. On the platform, on, meddling. Yes, first loser all the way. So anyway, I think, Greg, we have kind of come out of the other end of this track with another... I think we called it. I think we're I think we're right. Boy, I hope there'll be some way at the end of this to have all of this validated. Um, that would be great, wouldn't it? But it does so, seem like there's, you know, we we seemed we were very um, I think, uh suspicious uh, to say the least, that this would come together for us in these final few tracks. We did not um, be skeptical at best. We, we were skeptical and and then frustration kind of wowed us a bit. Track seven, Little Dog has impressed us. And 
the interview that's come out in in Andy Warhol's interview magazine with Laurie Anderson and Luke and and Lars Ulrich seems to indicate that maybe we're in for really something happening with the last track on the album. Seems like there might be a payoff. Potentially all will be revealed. Seems like this, this investment, this crazy investment we've been making. I mean, when you think about when it's all said and done, we will have spent over 10, 12 hours, Greg, talking about this album now and countless I mean, hours of, of research uh, and, and well. the research on top right and all the production and all this other stuff now where the hell would that have come from I, as we were kind of describing in the last episode i don't know another work of art i've ever worked so hard for um and quite honestly you know i'm really hoping here that with what we know to be between two tracks now another half hour worth of music to come Let's hope that this this ray of hope that we are uh, sensing that, you know, the the sun pool that has uh, collected on the uh, floor. That it's not an oasis and a mirage. Yes, that, that is, in fact, not, uh, you know, uh, going to be blotted out by the blackest of storms uh, to come. But you never know. This is the that we're not crawling through the desert albums. What's that? We're not crawling through the desert, dying of thirst, and we're and we're just seeing a mirage of of water and and a mirage of an Uh, oasis. You know, faith in Ziggy Stardust, man. We got to keep faith in Ziggy. Yeah, he's not going to lead us wrong, right? David would do that to us. I I I do have a lot of, you know, in all sincerity, I have a lot of faith in David Bowie. uh, I do too. I really. uh, If his judgment. Uh, you know, oh, I, I I remembered what I wanted to say earlier, but we we got off on a tangent um, about it. Is that you, you were talking about how Lou Reed, how this was Lou Lou knew this was gonna you know in all likelihood be his final album. Yeah, exactly. And, final work. and you know, knowing what Lou Reed, the man, the artist, has been about, right? We I think we would have to say that he made this decision to do this album with Metallica influenced by Frank Wedekind's Lulu plays very deliberately. I don't think he was just like, Oh, I'm just going to just do this on a lark. I mean, you know, if you know, if you're an artist of of the caliber of Lou Reed and and the and the success of Lou Reed and the and the depth, and and you know that this is it, you've got one more shot to take a swing at it and leave your mark on the world. Because I think Lou was a guy who was about leaving his mark. He as an artist, uh, that I I would think. I don't know if we've heard Laurie Anderson talk about that, but you know there aren't a lot of artists out there who spend their life working on their art and who don't care about leaving a a mark for posterity uh, in the world. And so Lou is probably no different and no exception to that rule. And so don't you think, Chaz, that when he decided to do this, that this was intentional and he was trying to, this was it. He was going to go out. He wanted to go out with a bang and really do something here that I think that he wanted to do something that was really meaningful and really heavy and really big and, and important. And, you know, we're, we're still trying to 
come to grips, at least for ourselves with, with you and me, if we think he succeeded. Right. And, and we'll, exactly. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll get there, but you know, whether he exceeded, succeeded or he didn't succeed, I think I have to think, I have to believe that in his mind, he was doing this very intentionally to make something that he cared about and was going to leave a mark. Well, agree. And, and with everything we're reading about what was going on at the time, what the band, ex, you know, what Metallica experienced with him, it does seem that way that he was just driving this thing. He had a vision, right? And that it was very much in the moment, which was not in their comfort zone as well, right? So we, we've learned a couple things about the way Lou approached things, what, what he put them through in the process. Um, but I think, you know, with what we got from that uh, interview that I just read here, as you've described, the band themselves didn't really understand what they were getting themselves into kind of until the end. You know, we thought at least they knew that they were signing on with a legitimate artist, right? But they didn't really understand the intensity of this work or what was going on that was motivating him that you all just described, that you just described there. That was, you know, what was going on with Lou. And I don't think the band knew what was going on. And that'll be interesting to see if they knew he was sick, right? Because mm. what we're getting is that they just, they, they came away from it as being like a really intense work. And, you know, you know. They, so is they it did, possible they didn't know he was sick? It's possible they didn't know he was sick when this was happening. Mm. And that's maybe, what maybe that's out. revealed in the, um, in the Warhol, in the uh, interview I, magazine article. I don't know, but I haven't gotten through that yet, and I will, and we maybe have more on that next time. And this is the beauty part of doing a podcast where you've got people now out there actively contributing to the story. So this is really great because it it just seems like the timing to be in the act of unpacking has never been better, Greg. Really great. Uh, really, very lucky for like, us and, and really makes it a lot richer, I think, uh, for us having this it, to to – draw from it really does uh, you know timing was one perfect. thing i would say to chas that is you regardless of of what metallica the guys knew or what they were thinking you know when they got into this you got to give them a lot of credit for doing this with lou reed and and completing this and and you know um i think lou probably knew what he was doing or what he was trying to do and um, I got to believe that it was intentional with that, that he thought that the way he was approaching it and that these guys um, were not used to working in this way right. was going to be part of it. Right. Oh, they knew going in that what his process was. I don't think they knew. No, I'm saying because they didn't know, but Lou knew and, right. and that was important to him that you know, that he would take them to a place that was uncomfortable, that they oh, weren't through used his to. Process. That Lou's process with Metallica would take Metallica to a place that well, there was some uncomfortableness, ah. that there was some, this is, we, we're not sure what we're doing here. We're not used to this. This is different for us. And I think that was, that, that seems like, I mean, clearly, um, you know, he, he was trying to, to push them in that That's way. What he was trying to capture. Yeah. And he was trying to capture that. He was trying to cap because, because, Oh, maybe because everything in this whole thing was just all about like, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Just none of this was easy. 
right? All of it was disturbing on some level, right? So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to capture that, you know, the biggest metal band in the world being disturbed, thrown off their game, right? You know what? Oh, well, off kilter, right? As the off word kilter, is. yeah. Yeah, you know because what? You, all right, I like this. What a Chaz, thought exercise there. Yeah, as a musician, I mean, yes, I've experienced sir. this a lot that yeah. it's very exciting often when you play a song that you're not comfortable with. It's new to you, but sometimes that newness and sort of you're working without a net almost, and you're not, you don't have comfort that you know exactly what's coming up or, 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 or that you've got it, you know, really figured out or, 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 you know, you haven't practiced it. You're not, it's not like locked in, but sometimes that excitement that you're, you're really, um, you know, you're right on the edge and you're, you're thinking hard and you're, you're nervous, but sometimes you get the best result. I found that we might play a song that if I'm playing with my guys, we may play it the best that we ever play it when we don't know it well. And it's yeah, sort of like know, we're I've just that phenomenon myself. You're absolutely right. You know, you get like some first really run-throughs. first few run throughs. You're like, Oh, it was brilliant. And then you start overthinking it and then it becomes crap until you yeah. get back to that place of, then you start to know it, you feel it. And then it comes out. Right. Yeah. Takes you time. Can really, it's Takes really time. can be very interesting. And maybe he was getting at some of that where, they didn't know where they were going and, and they were off balance, but it creates an excitement and, and, and makes it for, an, it can make for a really interesting performance. Well, they were liberated. So the, the, what Lars said is they were liberated. Um, the, <laughs> the process was liberating for did, them. Did he say that it was liberating? Oh no, he might've said liberated, but again, that's oh, okay. But yeah, I see. What <laughs> you're it was doing so right. innovative yeah. for them. They called it, they came up with a new word. It was liberating. It yeah. was liberating for them. Um, but, and they had to get, they had to kind of, you know, get used to the idea of working that way. But once they did, it was incredible. Right. So I've experienced kind of the phenomenon where, um, like, you know, I'm like one of those geeks that I'll, I'll like set the recorder up while I've got, you know, band practice, you know, with my band, uh, Steel Revenge. Right. And, um, but man, it's like, and I'll record practices and we're trying to, you know, just record it and, you know, identify, you know, where should we be working and, you know, just kind of have it for posterity and see the progress, um, you know, like you would record a soccer game, you know, or something like that. Right. But um, I've found that, man, when I just uh, turn the recorder off and we just practice, that we're so much better and not, not worrying about it. So, and, and, but that was like that, that's the cage that I put myself in as, you know, when, when I'm doing that work, they had their own creative process. That was their own cage. So that's where Lars was going, was like working with Lou when they figured out what he was into. Finally, it was like, OK. And then they would try to like work together as a band to figure out what ideas were going to work for him. And then they would just go and they thought this thing through and then they played it. And they're like, what do you think? And he's like, that's great. Let's move on. And they're like, no, no, no. That's what we're. And he's like, no, that's it. That's great. We're done. And, <laughs> you know, but they were just kind of demoing ideas for him. Right. And then once they figured out that, oh, once we share it, it's art it's done right that's where he's like kind of describing that it was so liberating so to me what's really interesting is to really i i would like to understand if they did some of these with more than one take because now we've heard a couple that seemed a lot more polished 
But is it just that, well, no, that is these guys in, you know, that's who they are. So they can sound that way when it comes together. And when the magic happens, it come together in that kind of rough format and sound that good, right? With that additional polish. I just, I don't know. I'm So I'm not as informed about what mm. their production, you know, process actually was. As we know, it, it did take a little bit of time there. there. There was a little span of time that it took to produce this work. So they did take uh, what? What do we see? Like five, six months. Um, yeah, you said it took took quite a bit of time, right? So yeah, so there was some back and forth. Doesn't sound like it. No, I mean it doesn't sound like, like the actual it recording of it themselves, right? Or the, the actual recording of it itself it doesn't sound like there were all that many sessions. But like, it sounds like it took them a little bit of time to to bring the thing together and to finish yeah. it. But um, yeah. yeah, Greg. And yeah. Lou may have still been writing sort of, you know, and not had everything complete while they were starting to do some of the recording. I don't know. That would be interesting to know where was he with the, the lyrics and the, and the full concept. Right. And how quickly did they get through? So I think I'm going to take that as some homework while uh, I do other things uh, between now and the next time we meet, sir. But, you know, I think uh, before that, I, you know what, I, 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 I do think, I don't know. Um, you, do you think we've exhausted this one? Or are we done? I think I think yeah I'm I'm good if you're good. And, Are you good with it? I'm good with it. So, it was yeah. I, I felt like it was liberating uh, it was for us. It was liberating, and and we're now at the uh, and and again I I was um, uh, in a state of elubulation when we we met today and yes. um, you know what I, I got to say that that uh, I'm so glad I was not disappointed that there was some delivery here that they came through for us. Um, so I'm feeling good about where we're at. Uh, we got two more to go. Like I said, two yeah. tracks, but a half hour worth of music between the two of them. So gotta, get, yourself, get yourself a bottle of something to lubricate with next time because, uh, yeah, we're going to be here a while. Yeah. Um, so before we go, we do. Uh, do we have anything to promote for uh, our bands? Uh, we are in the height of outdoor gig season playing private parties. Uh, with Steel Revenge, Facebook slash Steel Revenge, all the details there uh, on the stuff that we can share. I know you're out there, Greg, at Facebook slash Accidental Breakdown, gig and hot and heavy out there in uh, yeah. the Westport, yep. Norwalk area. Doing our thing. Yep. Very Rocking cool. Rocking and rolling, loading up the uh, tour bus, getting out. That's it. Rock and roll. All right. Hey, do you, do you allow bus. people to uh, avail themselves of the facilities on the tour bus? No. Asking for no. a friend. Yeah. Well, as I've explained before, since the tour bus is really just my car. No. <laughs> yeah. We, we do not shit, allow yeah. <laughs> any kind of bathrooming action activities to be happening <laughs> in the car. We really strongly even frown upon wrongly discouraged yes any of that kind of you got the charcoal activity. seat cushions you don't even like the farts in the car no it's yeah. not nice don't even <laughs> okay. like that so no but thank no. you for that question yes <laughs> you know what before before i get us in any more trouble here Corey morissette is uh virtual generative ai uh degenerative ai Corey is here to <laughs> help us with the deep dive podcast a drum roll, 
Thank you, audience. Corey, over to you. Very quickly, I'll run down the shows for you myself. John Mariano and Scott Haskin do a show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, myself Ooh. and John also do a show, Backtracks Theme Music, talking music and movies. Uh, Scott Haskin does the Rag Heap, the Magicians podcast. Nate and John at the Deep Purple podcast. The Simple Men at Skinner Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Riot's Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at Judas Priestcast. Clay and Riot North by South Podcast. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, Talking All Things Megadeth. Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. And Kevin with his good buddy Randy Woods at Seaside Pod Review, Talking All Things Queen. Quinn at And Volume for All. Sav, Nick, Stephen, Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. And Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. And don't forget to support... Our other friends, like the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast. Of course, the DLR cast and the Bogus Otis show. Pot of Thunder, still the uh, recognized symbol of excellence of rock and roll podcasting. Booked on Rock with Eric Sandwich and Dissect That Film. Ah, shit. That was, I think, Corey, that was one of your best ones. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. So, Greg, I think we have come uh, to another uh, brilliant conclusion, sir. Uh, as always, man, hats off. I don't know how the hell you continue to get incrementally better at this job we do regarding Lulu, but you do. Well, that's 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 you know that's what it's all about, right? Every day, Chaz, we try to be a little bit better. That's it. Every day, winning. whatever we do, uh, each day, we move forward. Because we are nothing if we're nothing. we are not winning. If we're not improving. Grow. <laughs> if we're oh, not growing. Right. If we're not growing. Right. We're I mean, we're to be honest. Winning right, is Jess, everything. If we're if we're being honest, we're we're getting tired of winning, right? You know, shit, man. If I was there, doing any better, there's so I'd be much more there's so much winning that we're we're actually tired of we're getting tired of winning. Shit. I tell you That's, what, man, I gotta roll up my yeah, I got you know, I'm I'm standing you in. You know where I'm coming from. Here. I'm standing in it. Yeah, I bathe in it. Yeah. So, Me and Charlie but, Sheen. Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, it's been it's been a uh, good talking with you this episode, Chaz. As always, very well done, sir. Yeah, been Until, it's been a good a good time, and uh, I'll look forward to um, what Lou and the and the Metallica boys have for us next time. I am really. I'm, I'm like, can we? Increase the frequency here. I want to get through this stuff. You know, really. Not only do I want to get through it quickly, but now I'm dying to see. Are we I gonna? I, I, I'm actually getting excited. It's almost like you know. Wouldn't it be great if we could record two episodes in one week? Oh, that would be, be freaking brilliant. Or maybe would that be three. crazy. That would be fucking awesome. Like three within this like really short. But, but alas, you know, our schedule is every two weeks, right? So you know, thank God, thank God we did that we because you know, God forbid. You know, we have lives outside of, you know, listening to Lou Reed and Metallica. But we do know that uh, time is relative. And, well, um, relative to the observer. And yeah. it is uh, not fair or balanced yeah. or linear. What time is it? Like us. We, just like us. We're, we're not fair and balanced? Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're fair, fair and balanced and linear. Aren't we, are we oh, linear? Yeah, yeah. We're being linear but, in our in our exploration of Lulu. We are from beginning to end. It's linear. Yeah. But, but our, our observations are anything but. Sometimes there's a bit of a time warp. Is that what you're saying? 
Sometimes there is a time warp and in our thought process. I don't know that, you know, we're always on track or keeping things yeah, I linear. Think there's a, but you could you probably would would be safe in saying that sometimes there's a warp in our thought process as well. There is a warp in our thought process, but hey, we are not letting bones get in the way of that. We are boneless around here. And with that, sir, I'm going to grab my myself a big old plate of boneless chicken wings. I mean, I thank God the lawsuit's over and we can enjoy our boneless chicken wings in peace again. Yes, go get me some Nando's Peri Peri sauce, baby, and I'll meet you at the table. All right, see you there. Until next time. 